Okay. <laughs> Episode? <laughs> Episode. So welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, this is Gamf, and right now we are how many days away from Christmas? Fuck. Six. I think it's next Wednesday. Yeah. It's Thursday. Too. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're six days away from Christmas, and we decided that a fun little let's get back to doing this thing would be for us to. Mark is currently opening an advent calendar. <laughs> I just remembered I hadn't done my advent calendar today. With what I, I hope is vegan chocolate in it. It is. Damn well is. Moo Free. Marvelous. Moo Free Chocolate. Moo Free. Oh, that's actually the brand. That's a good name. Yeah. They're very good. They're best. <laughs> They're done in Devon. Cool. Although, weirdly, we noticed this is imported from Australia. <laughs> that's very weird. That's very weird, isn't it? With the big recycle logo on the back after mm. it's probably got, you know, 14,000 carbon miles or whatever. Yeah, I do feel bad about those miles, I have to admit. It's not. It's not cool. Anyway, <laughs> um, we are uh, doing the Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol story and its various interpretations. But the little twist that we put on it is we've each, wa- each, t- each watched... We've each we've watched... We've each watched... We've each watched... We've each a watched... A version of a, <laughs> a Christmas Carol. But neither of us knows which version... Uh, we have watched. So we're going to talk about the famous fable. Christmas gimmick and... episode! <laughs> Christmas gimmick! Christmas gimmick battle royale! Christmas gimmick! Um, oh, it's the gobble- gobbledygooker episode, uh, version of Christmas Carol. Get, um, get my tennis racket, I'll give it to Jim Cornette. Me and Bob Cratchit. Me and Can't even... I can't even think of any Bob Cratchit lines to do as mean Gene. <laughs> Could you spare a penny, Mr. Ebenezer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. What, what, Vince's um, Scrooge? Of course. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> I, the thing is, though, in that version, Ebenezer McMahon <laughs> just ends up meaner. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And Paul Bearer's the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Hang on a minute. Can we just before we get into this problem? Who else would be? So who's Marley? Um. Oh, good question. Uh, Vincent Senior. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Fine. Um. Who is uh uh uh? Sorry, Ghost Christmas Past was Paul Bear. Paul, Paul Bear. So Ghost of Christmas <clears throat> Present. Present. Ooh, that's an interesting one. What are you thinking? It depends when you consider the present, right? It's going to just straight up be the rock. Okay, that's fine. That works for me. <laughs> yeah. Come forth and, then... and know me better, man. Okay, that's not the rock. That's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> and then the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Mm. Mm. I mean, it could be just silent protagonists, uh, Kane or Taker. Ooh, yeah. Because... Yeah, maybe that's how the friendship starts between Paul Bearer and Taker. They bump into one another on the way out. <laughs> I could make you a superstar. Oh no, no, it'd be heir uh, apparent Triple H, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Triple H walking out with a lot of metal shit, a lot of skulls, a lot of <laughs> just spit, spit yeah. water all over, all over the bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it! You're ruining my sheets. <laughs> Yeah, I like. Go bald someday. <laughs> yeah, 
you're going to lose your hair too. I'm not because I'm a genetic jackhammer. <laughs> I'd watch that. WWE Christmas Carol. Absolutely, yeah. And then the Miz is in there as someone who gets kicked uh, up the ass. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, someone on the street or something. Jim Ross gets fired three times in a row. In all the stories, <laughs> all the flashbacks, yeah, in all the flashbacks, Jim Ross gets fired. So in everyone's <laughs> like, let's look at a Christmas where you did this. And then it's firing Jim Ross and firing Jim Ross again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. And then Rick yeah, Flair yeah. woos it up at some point. All the flashbacks start that way, like how uh, when in Groundhog Day, where it's always "I got you, babe." Mm. Every flashback starts with "You're fine." Yeah, dude. Let's look at another Christmas where you find (laughs) barbecue. Um, Oh dear, we we should do an AEW episode at one point. We should watch an episode of AEW. We should, yeah. yeah, Because I'd I'd like to know what you make of it. Maybe an episode of Power as well. Power, yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Future episodes, folks. 2020, yeah. we're going to be doing more regular gaps. Or this Woo! is going to be it, and then we'll be back next Christmas for another gimmick episode. <laughs> <laughs> was last year the Cluedo episode? Yes, it was, that nice. we recorded uh, with my busted up foot in Worcester. Oh, yeah, your foot was fucked. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. Right, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to just move through the story and what happened in our yes. respective versions? Do we want to yeah, try and do a thing where... Pardon me. Um, do we want to try and do a thing where if you call what the other person's version is, you you say you can it? can drop it. Yeah, Almost yeah, like sure. Cluedo with the guesses. Yeah. I wish I'd listened yeah. to the cute Cluedo one so I could bring back some of our weird verbiage from it. Oh, yeah. Because we ended up doing a lot of French. I just <laughs> remember there being a lot of French. Yeah, lots, of, lots of French. It was, it was like... Um, uh, Mutald in uh, what was uh, oh no it was good stuff anyway yeah we'll, we'll listen to it afterwards 20, go listen 20, to the last one it's probably going to be superior to this but I remember by the end of it we were doing like uh, and, uh, and, uh, and that was that was <laughs> yeah. enough like we got it uh, peep lead peep wasn't it yeah I'm going to listen to that episode when we're done actually um, yeah it's good stuff yeah so I have I have notes for my version you have a Wikipedia page for your version I, I do, and I only watched it last night, so it's still pretty fresh in my mind. Good. I watched mine on Monday night. Uh, randomly, it, it found me. So okay. I had a version I was going to watch. Um, this is the only version I've watched. I have some quotes and some bits and pieces that I made as this goes along. Um, and uh, and you have the Wikipedia page, so we'll, I do. we'll go through it. And if we can guess it, then I guess... Who won last year? I've just realized we're in a competition-based Christmas episode. Oh, we are. Two years in a row. I believe I won. You won. Okay. So I'm going to try and bring it home. I'm a massive fan of Christmas Carol, so this does serve me because I've probably seen more versions than most. Um, I'm sure you have, yeah. And I'm certain that you've seen my version. I just don't know how um, on your radar it is. Okay. Good, good, good. Might be a clue. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Fuck knows. We will find out. Right, okay. Lead us off. (laughs) Rattly chains. Change. I might cut in some music and things, I don't know. Whatever I <laughs> Just all Undertaker. Like the, the Christmas carol <laughs> music is well. all like bong. Like, like that, that bong and the music playing fits pretty well of, of like uh, the, <laughs> of a ghost showing up. So might lay it over some like carolers or something, something Christmassy over the top of the Undertaker's theme music. Excellent. Thing. Right, so do you want to get a started? Uh, no, you, you. I would like you to get us started because it is this is you know it better than I do. 
Okay, so... Stave one. Marley's ghost. Marley was dead, to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. I'm going to do my version, Screw and we can talk about what actually it. happens in the story. I feel like everyone knows the story. Yeah. Crusty old dude, very bitter, is visited by three ghosts um, across the course of Christmas Eve, and um, he wakes up, it's Christmas Day, and he is a reformed character, ready to present himself back to the world and will love the world more. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, he starts starts off in, in the, he's, he's a very particular kind of character and then by the morning he's like completely changed his ways yes yeah changed as, his ways as, at, as as a result of the experiences that that he that he has with with the ghosts yeah throughout the night so the yeah and past and, present and future past present and future exactly yeah. yeah and obviously marley so sure so and uh, uh the uh um do, just out of interest do you have like not the version you've done obviously Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't an attempt to narrow the field, but do you have a a version of this you think is the best version? <sighs> Not really. Um, I, I I like several versions in different ways. I actually you mentioned the Zemeckis most most kind of recent one, um, although I'm sure there's there's, there's some probably that are more, more recent. Yeah, I actually quite like that. I, I, the, the 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 CG isn't wonderful, but. I have a fond memory of going, I went to see it at the cinema and I have a fairly fond memory of going to see it. Um, not related to anything, just a, a feeling, you know, related to you know, having enjoyed it. Bouncing around. Um, yeah, bouncing around, man. Um, and uh, so I, I actually quite like that telling of it because it doesn't shy away. I was worried when I went to see it that it was going to shy away from the darker aspects of the story. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't do that. It's 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 quite creepy in places and, and enjoyable in that way. Um, there is a TV version that I, I couldn't tell you who was in it or when it was from that creeped the crap out of me when I was a kid. I will put um, money on that being the George C. Scott one because it is creepy as fuck. Okay. And he was a hell of a Scrooge. It. That was like the late 80s. But okay, yeah, that, that, that sounds about right because it looks kind of eighties videoy in my head. So yeah, it was no, that that really creeped me out. Hmm. But yeah, but do, so do you? Do you? Is there one particular version that stands out that's not the version that you did necessarily? I think Muppets. Oh, Muppets is great. I think yeah. Muppets is a is a fantastic adaptation of the book. Weirdly, uh, even though it's like Muppets. Sure, that I'm, rules that out actually because when we first mooted this idea, that was I was pretty certain that'd be the one you choose. Yeah, well, I thought it was. It, it would have obvious. certainly been in the shortlist, but potentially too obvious because how do you? <laughs> yeah, you know, as soon as like if we start going through it beat for beat, it's like Charles Dickens shows up joined by his rat. You know, like right. <laughs> it's gonna give I'm a it away. That the version I've chosen might 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 do that as okay. well. So, um, uh, yeah, but I th- I think I think that's really good. I think the Alistair Sim one is is pretty great, really. Um, it's it always looks like crap lately on TV. It deserves a bit more care and attention paid into it, but I'm sure someone has remastered it at some point. But the version right. I see, the black and white version I see sometimes on Christmas, looks very badly video transferred. Um, uh, the Patrick Stewart one's pretty good. The one with um, uh, the guy who played Frasier, I think, and the guy from Seinfeld is dog shit. The one that includes dancing CGI skeletons for no apparent reason in a, in, his, in a musical number. Oh, it's very. Oh, bad. I don't think I've seen that one. I think it's, I think, it's, it's Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, I think. As Scrooge. As Scrooge and um. Huh. 
And uh, Jason Alexander is either Bob Cratchit or no, he must be Bob Cratchit. But there's a bit where there's a lot of dancing skeletons, and it is it is, is bad. It's like a Hallmark Channel or something. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, and there's there's various other ones that are no doubt brilliant, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. But the George C. Scott one, which I'm not sure is ever I've ever seen repeated on television, is um is that is quite harrowing. I remember all the yeah. all the look under my coat. Look, they are. You know, greed and want, or whatever the you know the children of of bad society, um, were just being like nasty fucking things. Scrooged, obviously, Scrooge if you if you're gonna look at revisionist yeah. stuff, Scrooged is pretty goddamn great. Um, there was a TV version with the guy who played Grant Mitchell for like ITV, which is just not good. Um, Ross Kemp, that's him. No, and he played like he was a loan shark, like East London loan shark called like Eddie Scrooge or something. It was oh, it sounds horrible. Yeah, it was proper. Was it like they were trying to do Guy Ritchie? Yeah, let's say yeah. Type thing. Okay, ugh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, so um, assuming it's none of those they, versions. They, no, no, it's none of those versions. Um, they they all open in the same kind of way, really. We 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 open on the 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 the, the business. Today, you become a man of. Business. I'm looking forward to it, Headmaster. Mm, you will love business. And it's, uh, I guess it's, it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. And uh, Bob Cratchit is, is working away and Scrooge is counting his money. Mm. Um, that sort of thing happens. So so take it away. So mine starts with the uh, shots of London, various shots of London. There's probably a title sequence in there somewhere. And, um, and uh, Scrooge opens a window, sees some carolers and declares, oh no, Christmas. I'm going for a kip until it's all over. And that's the introduction to the version I saw. Okay. He then, in the next... Mine sorry. starts with carolers, actually. Okay. Yeah. Victor- Victorian or contemporary? Uh, Victorian. Mine's kind of Victorian, too. It's a it's a bit of a okay. anachronistic mess, mine, but yeah, it starts okay. with it. Yeah, M- mine too, actually, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, it starts with, starts with characters, uh, uh, um, carolers, rather. Um, and then he gets a visitor, like a local local woman. There's usually a, a charity person who comes to visit right. him. Yeah, seeking seeking charity and and um, and yeah yeah. So so that that's kind of where it goes next. And there's actually a series of visits, uh, charity charitable visits that, uh, where where that's kind of the opening gambit is a series of visitors and increased exasperation and and dismay yeah i think in mine i haven't made a note about it like but i think it was in that first movement it was on the street and scrooge takes money out of the charity guy's pot and then kicks out the the walking cane from under him oh okay so you know to to be like to really have a home he's a bad guy i think he just (laughs) like um i forget what the Charity guy said, but he's rattling a pot, and he's just oh, thank you very much. And he takes the money, and then he and then he probably says something else, and he then he kicks the thing out from under him, and the guy falls down. So uh, there is also in this opening montage there is a bit where Scrooge blows up the carolers with a um, like a comedy Danger Mouse style bomb. Okay. Uh, and 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 uh, and then I think it might just literally flash, and there's some some like science class style skeletons. Excellent. Oh, this is this is a great version. You're gonna love it. Is, is it is it a comedy version then? Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right then. It has a laugh track. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, 
But whether it's funny or not, we'll decide as it goes along. So sure, I need to sure. take off my first few notes. Okay, so yeah, so your you, in yours there were there were charitable visitors, as there yes. are in a lot of the versions. Like, would you like to give to the poor, and the poor should, um, was it to go to the workhouse, things like that. Right, so. right. Yeah, there's there's a, a couple of mentions of of workhouse, um, in in mine, but it's actually from the Cratchit character uh, okay. that the work, workhouse gets mentioned, um, kind of in passing, not not nothing nothing really kind of, um, severe. But Scrooge Scrooge really doesn't focus on that too much. Uh, but then, how does it go from there? So it moves on to uh, that evening has kind of almost passed by, or, or like that that part of the evening's passed by, and they're they're settling down. Yeah, closing up the business for Christmas. Closing up the business exactly. Um, and then there's one last visitor, and it's a uh, it's it's um, the the uh, niece relative. Forget what what uh, what what um, she she's like one of Scrooge's relatives who he would have gone to vi- gone to visit. It's Walker. usually it's traditionally a nephew, but it's a niece in your version. It's a niece in my version. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay, that narrows yeah. it down. Doesn't help because I can't think of one with a niece, but yeah, it does certainly does. Okay, because uh, usually it's um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember the character's name that usually shows up. But later on, you in the in a lot of versions in the Ghost of Christmas Present bit, you see the the day he should have attended with them. Right, yeah, and like he's peering through the window and yeah. sees yeah, it's a happy family all together playing playing. Game parlor games and things like that, and, carving uh, the turkey, etc. Yeah, yeah. Depending use, on the version, yeah. you get it. And it, it, I think in in Dickens, they they're playing a game, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a kind of charade style game. Sure, sure. Um, in in my version game, of it, um, have, you ever, have you ever watched the, the episode of Downton Abbey where they play charades at Christmas? But uh, oh. and Maggie Smith's character says, "This is not charades. This is the game." Ooh, no, I don't remember yeah. it. But good old Maggie Smith. Look who's here, Jimmy. Santa. Oh, fucking right. Let's tell him what you want for Christmas. I'm on my fucking lunch break, okay? An old woman all her life. Yeah, she really has been. Like, your secret <laughs> garden on. It's just like she was never young. Um, no, you watch um, uh, uh, Hook. Hook. She's, she's yeah. a grandma in Hook. And that's like, what, like 93? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, just to interrupt quickly, what are you drinking in your giant big gob? Oh, Diet Coke. Aha. Uh-huh. Very good. Yeah. I've got and a, then I also got a bottle of, of water. I was drinking Ribena, but that's finished. I'm on the beer now. But it's I decided that like 3 a.m. in the morning or whatever the fuck it is was a good time. Uh, to I was wondering. Beer. I was actually wondering what it was because because it, it, it looks almost like a Mountain Dew type energy drink. So no, I it is a, it is a strong New England IPA from Brewdog called Hazy Jane. Marvelous. So I decided. Uh, yeah, when we started this one at whatever a.m. in the morning was a good time to start drinking. So I'll be slurring my words by the end of this one, folks. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> we're going to have a piss up. Um, right. So in that section for me, uh, Bob Cratchit, uh, who I was about to say who was played by, which you would have been enjoying giveaway. Um, in my version, uh, there are actors who play multiple parts a la uh, oh. a pantomime style thing. Um, so you get a lot of actors. Mine up. too, actually. Oh, curious. Okay. Act- actor plays, actors play multiple parts, but not a la pan- pantomime. Okay, well, this um, pantomime might be a bit of a stretch, but like, you know, uh, so the the guy who plays Bob Cratchit appears in some of the flashbacks as other characters. I think Scrooge is the only one who does not appear okay. as other characters. And there were special guest oh. stars in this one as well, so that tells oh. you something. But yeah, he goes and in this one too. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. 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 Interesting. 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 Um. Uh, just to just to, one question for each of us: Like, uh, was yours produced for television? Yes. So mine was too. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, that's uh, we got a first. We're allowed a few questions. Okay, let's say we're allowed. What would be interesting is, is if we're if we're describing the same one, but we've picked up on entirely different things, and they're so different that we don't realize it. That would be a brilliant, and then it's a no score draw, and we have to come back next Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Um, scored. Yeah. Uh, so at this point in the story, uh, Bob Cratchit goes to um, Scrooge in my version uh, to ask for an advance. He goes, uh, "Would you make an advance on me, sir?" And 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 Scrooge goes, "Oh my God, he's not only poor, he's also bent." Okay. And and this is the tone of this version. So and then and then Scrooge goes off to bed, and uh, Bob Cratchit tries to make a prayer. Um, okay. Uh, a prayer which starts, "Dear Sir or Madam," when he, when he, when he gets down on knees. Um, I like that. Uh, and then uh, he asks for um, for uh, for uh, you know for someone to. I think he asks for something to keep him warm during Christmas. And then an angel arrives, and it's like we're here to answer your sorry here to answer your prayers. And he gives Bob Cratchit uh, a giant pair of bloomers. Okay. Like a pair of like under, you know, uh, long johns or whatever, and um, and then the 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 angel backs out of the doorway. He came in, looks up and goes, "Okay, Joe," and uh, and the string takes him back up on his on his angel wings thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was struck by the idea that like they couldn't figure out how to signal the um the the guy to to they, to when to yeah when to do it so they just thought just screw it we'll put it in the performance and just make it part of this ramshackle kind of you know as live style mess we're doing here I like it so okay. interesting interesting so is it framed as a play then no like a, like a live production it's just it's just they're just acknowledging it it's almost like like zoo style there's a lot of yeah there's just a lot of levels to this thing some are funny some don't make any sense. And it just carries on, and it looked like a reasonable amount of fun they were having making it, and uh, okay. and whether or not it's just like okay, Joe, and then it's just he goes back up and it's I think you That's great. before it cuts you see his feet still hanging there because there can't be that much clearance. So, no, and then uh, and then it cuts to Scrooge in bed, but I'll let you do your bit. Okay, so so uh, toward the end of this movement, they uh, they've closed up shop. They get uh, one last visitor, I believe. Oh, Denise, sorry. Um, after the niece, oh. they get they get one last visitor, um, and uh, there's kind of like a bait and switch, because you think the visitor is coming for one reason, but they're actually not, um, and that plays into the character development later on, and then we head to bed, and it's, it's a fairly short sequence uh, between the closing shop and uh, and heading to bed um, section. Wow. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's interesting. I want to know who that visitor was, but I suppose you don't want to tell me because it will play later. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If I told you, you would guess it straight away. I'm sure. Oh, interesting. Interesting. In in ours, we cut to Scrooge in bed, and he's counting money in bed, uh, and okay. then he sweeps all the money into um into a like a chamber pot, mm-hmm. that is later described by a character as his as his chamber of commerce. Oh, brilliant! Which is uh, both a good joke and a joke that went entirely over the audience's head because I don't think anyone. Anyone, uh, anyone did it, and then he gets into bed, and then we're into the. There's no real Marley in this version. It's the kind of the angel that visits uh, Cratchit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get into. Uh... Oh no! Wait a minute. The first ghost is wearing chains, though. So I suppose the first ghost is also kind of. Is both Marley and the first ghost thinking about it? So, 
Yeah, but the first ghost. I'm about to go into the first ghost bit. So if you've got anything to do before the first, uh, the first ghost arrives, then yeah. Uh, no, there's there's a short sequence where Scrooge is in bed, um, and it, it, it's just kind of more talking to himself than anything else. Um, expositional talking to himself. Um, but yeah, there's there, in fact there is a there is a a narrator in this, but um, very sparingly used. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and in fact, the the, the does he have a who... rat? <laughs> no. Okay. The, the person who narrates um, uh, shows up uh, physically in the in the the retelling later on in one of the flashback sequences. Crikey! All right, nice. Okay, so first ghost. First ghost. Stave two, the first of the three spirits. When Scrooge awoke, it was so dark that looking out of bed, he could scarcely distinguish the transparent window from the opaque walls of his chamber until suddenly the church clock told a deep, dull, hollow, melancholy one. So it starts with the clanking of chains. Yep. And Scrooge wakes up in bed and he announces, Flippin' plumbers, they promised they'd fix that cistern three weeks ago. Audience laughs. I think I might have guessed it. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Let me finish. Should I hold it? I'll hold it. I'll hold it. And then and then the um the first ghost takes him, you know, says, you know, you've been a bad bloke or whatever. Um none of this is actually dialogue, the flipping system bit was. But he announces like you need to change your ways, all that sort of shit. And then it's like I'm we'll take you back one year to the past to see one of your victims. Okay. And then we're going into the flashback. So your first ghost? Uh my first ghost, um, I don't know whether I should say this as to whether it will give it away, but it is the traditional clanky chains, whoa, kind of ghost. Um, and he shows up and there is a, uh, there are several kind of comedy beat moments where it, it's almost playing to the camera. Okay. Uh, almost, almost fourth wall breaking, but not quite like right on the edge of it. Um, because he, <laughs> it, at first it's, it's like, uh, stage fog and backlit doorway and stuff like that, and he kind of is a big guy, and he comes comes through the door, and he's going oh like this, and and it, it's it's just eerie. But then then it he kind of goes oh oh and and looks around a little bit almost, and it, it plays it quite heavily. This is um, Marley, or this is the the ghost of Christmas past. Y- yes. Oh, so they've done the same thing as my version did, where it's almost like combines the two. Because traditionally, the same. Marley is these are the change I forged in life, right? And yeah. then the Ghost of Christmas Past is often portrayed as a little girl or a candle, like or both. You know, interesting. Yes, none of that. Yeah, no, okay. no. The, the, ghost, the Ghost of Christmas Past is almost an, is almost a mixture of, and there's there's none of that. Like uh, these are the changes that you, you whatever you said, forged uh, in life. Uh, forged in life. Um, but there is kind of like. Uh, uh, I'm going to show you type thing. Uh, but but it's an imposing figure. Interesting. Okay. So you're into flashbacks now? Into the flashbacks. So we cut okay. from there to... Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The laboratory <laughs> of Dr. Frank N. Stein. 
I'm beginning to question whether or whether <laughs> what I think it is is what it is. So now. we drift past. We go like because they start. You should have actually before it cuts back. The doctor's like, uh, the, sorry, the um, the ghost is like. Well, do you remember that time you wouldn't give the doctor the money he needed, and he was trying to save people and whatever. And then it fades through, and it shows you a sign that says Frank N letter N dot Stein, um, Stein, um, Frankenstein, um, <laughs> who and it cussed him in the laboratory, and he's cursing out Scrooge, who hasn't given him the money he needed, and and then the doctor is visited by. Dracula, <laughs> who is proper like full blown white face makeup, like you know Bella Lugosi rip off Dracula, who calls Frankenstein master as if he's Igor. Oh, weird! But then they drink this potion, and Frankenstein becomes a monster himself in a kind of Jekyll and Hyde way. And then, um, then they talk about reanimating the monster, and they've been building the monster, and the reason. It would appear the reason that he was asking Scrooge to lend him money was to build his monster, and um, uh, he wouldn't. But it turns out the, 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 the so they're going to reanimate the monster. You think it's going to be the Frankenstein type monster, but it's not. It's a lady monster called Fanny, Fanny. and Fanny wakes up and she loves Frankenstein. Hmm. She wakes up and she literally says in like monster thing, Fanny loves Frankie, and then. Uh, um, and so she sits up out of her coffin and then it's all like, oh, we, you know, she's so vivacious or whatever. We've got to finish the male monster. And that's what Scrooge won't let him have the money for because he's missing one piece for the male monster. And and then the... Um, uh, is it the piece I think it is? Well, so, and then Dracula goes, oh, no, wait, I got you one of these. And he lifts a tube, a long tube off the off the Christmas tree and goes, I know I got you the perfect one. And he's like, oh, my God, this is the best. And he unwraps the, this long tube you like it's, you know, it's the piece you think it is, um, but then it turns out it's a nose, and he needed a nose for the monster because they're going to dodge the obvious gag, which is probably what you thought, which would have been giving yeah. him, you know, a phallus. And um, so he puts the nose on the thing, and then they reanimate the the actual Frankenstein who sits up. Um, uh, but then uh, that skit ends with the animated monster wakes up and also wants to have sex with Doctor Frankenstein. <laughs> Okay. And then Scrooge wakes up in bed uh, thinking he's had horrible dreams. Oh, okay. Um, he then complains, this is the classic, uh, uh, but instead of doing the, you know, there's more of gravy than a grave about you type joke, um, he uh, he then complains he shouldn't have had that cheese and then says he should have left it in the mousetrap. Because hmm. he's a skinflint, you see, so he took the cheese out of the mousetrap to eat. I get it, I get it, I get yeah. it. Okay, that that has me thinking it is what I thought it was again. Okay, okay, um, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to hold on to it. Um, so can I, I just add actually that the that segment ends and I think that's where an advert break comes in. Uh, he rings a bell, something about it being a Saturday night and he needs a recharge, which I guess is like, you know, drinking type terminology. Sure, yeah, uh, recharge yeah. glasses or whatever. And he rings a bell and then a wardrobe opens and a busty lady comes out and they cut to an advert break. And now that has me questioning myself again. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> this version is like legit amazing because it's not like I'll probably never watch this again. It's not a good adaptation. <laughs> it's kind of stupid <laughs> and weird. So your visitation by the first ghost is? So my visitation by the first ghost um, is, a, is, is, a, is a flashback to, to um, relatives okay. of, of himself. So it's, it's a, 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 the standard <laughs> thing. Like this is, this is the, the past. This is what it looked like. Um, different to yours and to, in fact a lot of versions scrooge is fully aware that the um that that 
the ghost is doing this. It's it's like there's full consciousness. There's no questioning of was this a dream. Okay. It's 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 always very apparent that he kind of like he's 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 aware that this is going on, and doesn't really question it. Um, uh, and so so the first first flashback happens, and there is a uh, a scene where uh, two of the characters are trying to trick one another into uh in, into uh, they're trying to trick one another into saying the wrong thing in front of a third character um and it, and it backfires on one of the characters but then ultimately it's like a double uh double backfire almost and and then swings back around um and by the end of the flashback scene uh the point of the double cross is uh, is is no longer relevant anyway because this this other character's third character they're trying to uh, trick one another into into saying the wrong thing in front of has changed their mind. Holy shit! <laughs> um, are any of those characters Scrooge, or is it literally a flashback to a? Yes. Okay, so one, one of them. What, one of those characters is Scrooge. Scrooge is the is in all of the flashbacks, and he's right. the. Uh, um, there are there are only two characters who are in all of the flashbacks, and also the present day. Okay, okay, okay. That feels like a really big clue, but I'm staring at what it is on this screen. So. <laughs> you, you say it sounds obvious. I've, I haven't a clue right now, so that's kind of interesting. So, do, you, do we want to do questions at the end of each of the flashbacks? Yeah, why not? Let's at each, one, one question each. One yeah. question each. Okay, okay, after you. I haven't got one. You go. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, is, is it really poor form of me to ask uh, what decade, or to guess a decade that this is from? You can guess. I won't ask what guess. I won't ask what decade it's from, but I will. I will guess the nineteen nineties. Oh, you are very wrong. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn it. Okay, so I'm going to tell. It's definitely not what I thought it was. Then I thought it was a, it was a, a version of Christmas Carol as told through the characters uh, Eddie and and Rich Richie from Bottom. Oh, that would be if that existed. Yes, yeah, you could imagine that might be the case. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm not going to say you're not on the right sort of track, but um, no, the the bawdy like lady coming out of the the wardrobe is is kind of made me go, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah, the uh, just because neither of those characters would have had a random lady in a wardrobe. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, actually, a lot of the OK Joe and all that kind of stuff, that's all very uh, the bottom live shows where almost they built yes. in the, the farcical, like the set goes wrong kind of stuff. Because right, right. they every time that that randomly happened in the earlier ones, like it would it would play into it. But the show itself was never that meta. Um, it wasn't, that's true. But I was kind of thinking maybe there was a Christmas special where it almost was. Hmm. Yeah, because you're right. It was played. It was it was a, a fantasy universe, but it was played uh, like that was a legit thing yeah, rather uh, than uh, for a TV show. Yeah, only once or twice, like that one where God showed up, like the hand of God literally mm -hmm. came in and saved them because they were going to die at the end of the episode, and they did. Die and a couple at the end of times of the where, a couple of times where Eddie turned to the camera and says something. There's a couple of Hello, occasions. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> It's a pretty good Ed Edmondson. Yeah, no, I know. I, I spent a lot of my youth doing Ed Edmondson. Um, <laughs> have I got a question for you? I, that whole bloody two characters trying to swizz another one just just really just bended my mind. I haven't. I can't think. And as that's the only way you... I can describe it without without completely giving it away. Is yours British? Yes. Okay. So it was produced for UK television. Correct. Okay. 
All right, that's my question. Okay, St uh, second, the visitation of the second ghost. I want to say stave two, but we might be in stave three by now. I can't remember how many staves okay. are. Um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think three, yeah. The third stave. The second of the spirits. Scrooge awoke in his own bedroom. There was no doubt about that. But it and his own adjoining sitting room into which he shuffled in his slippers, attracted by a great light there, had undergone a surprising transformation. So mine, in theory, this is coming back off an ad break. So mine starts with a dance number uh, between visitations where there's, there's, there's um, schoolgirls dancing in the street. Okay. All men <laughs> dressed up. And then they do carol singing. And then Scrooge bemoans them. Like he opens the window. He's like, carol singing. And then the, the leader of the group, the, the, the headmistress, let's say, they uh, claim they are singing to save fallen women. But we're saving okay. fallen women. And Scrooge goes, well, you better save me one. And then he pours piss on them from the window. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I mean, he empties a chamber pot. It's, it's not like, obviously, but it's clearly piss. Um, okay. uh, yeah, and the, you better save me some. And then, uh, and then he um, says he wants to go to, get, to bed to get a little peace. And then he turns back to the bed and the female ghost of Christmas present uh, shows up. And okay. uh, and Scrooge says it's the best present he's ever had. Of course. Okay. Again, we're building a picture in my mind of, of, of slightly bawdy humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and now I'm thinking it's a 70s thing. But anyway, um, and don't... You, Need, no need to confirm or deny I have my question. I'm not trying to... I will it. not, yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> So um, the second vision from uh, in mine is uh, actually another vision of a slightly more recent past. It's it's not the ghost of Christmas present. In fact, it's the same ghost all the way oh, through. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a significant. Oh, this deviation. is what you mean about it being almost like a two-hander for the most part, then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because because you go back and you go back to to kind of like almost. Uh, uh, like similar versions of the of the characters and a, and a, a a a different situation. Again, there's an attempt at trickery of of a, of a character. Different characters is they attempt to trick a different character. Um, but uh, I just remembered a line and it made me, it made me laugh. I'd, it caught me completely out of nowhere, and I, I was actually recording it to send to you and then i realized i can't do this <laughs> well you can afterwards you can you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but i stopped recording and then didn't keep it but I, I i'll send you the the bit the bit that uh, that really made me laugh um uh, anyway so uh, another scene plays out where there is um an attempt by scrooge uh, scrooge is being all evil and kind of not doing a wonderful job at it, but, but being like deliberately malevolent. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and then there's, there's other characters who he's trying to manipulate to his way. Okay. And, it, and it goes somewhat wrong. Um, and that's pretty much the whole of, of, of that flashback. It, it's, it starts off with an attempt to, at, at uh, subterfuge and that happens a, a couple times through, and then there's exasperation, and then it goes back to the present. Shit. Okay. Um, it's so confusing, actually. I'm so. 
Your mind's being, racing like, with possibilities on yours. So evasive. Yeah. Well, you are. You are so, being very enigmatic in how you're telling. So, um, so in mind, Cratchit runs in for no apparent reason and interrupts um, <laughs> Scrooge and the uh, the ghost of Christmas present who he's trying to cop off with, um, telling him that Browning has arrived for a loan. Uh, to take his lover away to uh, to uh, where did Browning and Elizabeth go? Venice, and um, and so we're back into like more fucking weird, oddly contemporary, not contemporary even, but like historical characters being introduced in this. Mm-hmm. Like in the first one, we have Frankenstein and Dracula and whatnot, and then in this one, it's Browning and Elizabeth, and uh, which are who are real people, obviously, if you know poetry and things. But uh, so so Browning's arrived, and then. Um, and then we kind of go to Dr. Emmett Browning. No. They were von Braun. They changed their name when they came to the oh, um, <laughs> So but then we go to uh, uh um Elizabeth um Fuck, what was Elizabeth's surname? Browning's Elizabeth. Can't remember. But we go to her house where her okay. father has banned her from seeing Browning. That Browning you can't come around here anymore, you're not allowed to see him anymore. And, uh, and Brian, Browning arrives down the chimney dressed as Santa and directly addresses the audience, a la Aide Edmondson, um, to the audience before even turning to Elizabeth. So okay. mon- monologues to the audience for a moment. And then when him and Elizabeth finally embrace, they just keep saying, oh, my darling, I die. Oh, my darling, I die. Oh, my darling, I die. And this goes on way too fucking long. I, oh, my darling, I die. Oh, my darling, oh, I die. Oh, I feel like I've seen Like that. they're desperately in love. And um, but so theatrically, and then he announces he can't afford Venice, but Elizabeth has demanded it. Then he reads Elizabeth a poem. Then the father reappears, going like, "I knew you were in here." And Browning escapes through a window and is shot at by the father, who I guess brought in the gun because he thought he actually in the first part he announces that security's at the front door and Browning won't get in, which is why he yeah. comes down the chimney. Um, so he appears with the gun, shoots after him, and then. Somewhere in this, uh, Elizabeth has kind of gone, oh, and, you know, keeled over. And and so uh, Browning's father calls for a doctor because she's collapsed. And then the doctor comes and tends to Elizabeth, who is in a coma. And then uh, the doctor lists all the things for the father to get to help, including aspirin, food, two tickets to Venice. And then we reveal that the doctor is Browning. Oh, okay. In a, in a very fake beard. You know this from the start, but, you know, the, do- the the father doesn't know it. And then the father reappears and shoots Browning again when he knows that it's, uh, that it, who, that it, the doctor is Browning. And then, um, and then Browning dies. Oh, wow. Okay. And at this point in the story, this is where Scrooge bursts in and offers him the money, realizing he's been bad. Uh, but then for no apparent reason, Elizabeth then tries off to cop off with Scrooge. Of course. Okay. And then I've written, right. I can't remember who says this, but at this point someone says, not another one, which I'm going to guess is Scrooge. Um, and then Scrooge wakes up in bed. Okay. Or maybe Scrooge wakes up in bed and says, not another one about a uh, another nightmare. I can't actually remember why I wrote down not another one, but I'm sure it okay. probably made me laugh in, in, you know, in media res. Sure, sure. So. Is that the last vision? No, that is the ghost of Christmas present. 
that's the present. Okay, all right. So, so we've got a we've got a Ghost Christmas yet to come yet, and it is a oh baby, <laughs> like it okay. is a good one. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, do you want to forego a question, or do you want to do a question at the end of these visions? Now we've done them. Um, if you have a question, you can offer me a question, good sir. But I need to I need to ponder on yours again because it's wildly enigmatic. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure about yours, but I think I'm getting an idea, and I don't know if this exists, but I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think I might know. Uh, well, I might have a guess. That's that's. Do you want to have a guess? We're we're at least halfway through. So is it a, is it a carry on version? Um, do you want me to tell you if it is? No. Okay. But I think it is. Um. Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be a little less um, actually do you want to just do it because then I can tell you as we go through who's playing sure who. sure is it like carry on caroling or something is that what it's called carry or? on Christmas carry TV's on Christmas. carry on okay. Christmas from 1969 was my choice 69 wow so amazing. second year in a row I'm afraid Gerard won <laughs> I'm sorry. even if my I was very evasive though no no and, and I, not forthcoming I only have one guess I don't think you even know this show exists because I'm not sure it no. even right there's a show no no the, the show I'm going to guess oh. for yours there was a there was a BBC one sitcom called not going out Mm-mm, it's not that no and I it, it's a three-hander type thing there's a lady and then there's Lee Mack and then there's Timmy Vine and they, oh, okay. they do this kind of weird like friend Just, style like, sitcom but it's a lot of one-liners and it feels a bit like, like that yours feels late, a bit like that. late 90s is that no no it started in the late 2000s and it's still going it's been oh. going like forever oh okay no 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 earlier yeah. than that oh My really okay. Earlier okay. Than that. yes um so okay i'll be a bit more forthcoming with the third vision okay. shall i uh, I'm very excited to hear. Do you want to Christmas yet to come? Do you want to take a punt on who is playing characters that we've already seen? Then, seeing as you've already won. Ooh, um, Scrooge would be. Uh, is it Kenneth Williams? Or is he dead by this point? He's not dead. No, sixty-nine. He doesn't die until. He, the oh, 80s, sixty-nine. You're right. So. Never mind. Yeah. Um, Yo, come on. Think about what on. this guy's done. He rang a bell and a busty lady came out of the thing. He's called oh, piss uh, over Carolyn. It Sid, is Sid name? James, yeah. Sid James, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is before Barbara Windsor, though, isn't it? This no, is Barbara Windsor has uh, many roles in this. She was the ghost of Christmas present, the one that you tried okay. to cop off with in bed. And he, she was also the female Frankenstein monster. She was Fanny. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. Um is Hattie Jakes in this one? Yeah, she was the leader of the um, the uh, carol singer ladies. Ah, who got okay, okay. on Who's Cratchit? Uh, Breslau. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Almost said Eddie then. Eddie. <laughs> Breslau and Eddie are interchangeable in my head. Uh, Eddie also <laughs> played the Frankenstein's monster and was one of the dancing girls. Okay. okay. And then you've got um, Terry Scott... And um, Peter Butterworth, who is like the MVP of this fucking thing, played Dracula. He was an amazing Dracula. Cool. At one point in the Dracula bit, he just goes, oh no, the teeth! And he puts in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> like he forgot about the teeth and then tries to gnaw on everything. It's just so that weird. It is, it's such a piece of junk, this thing. But it's a, of, I think so they only cool. did, uh, they did a couple of series of a thing called... Oh, I don't know what it was called now, but there was a couple of there's a couple of Christmas ones, and then there's like two series of short-lived um, TV TV stuff. episodes. Yeah, and they're not very okay. good at all. But they yeah. this one was actually written by what me and Pete des- describe as the golden era guy from Carry On, who was Talbot Rothwell, who wrote okay. most of not necessarily the super early ones, but he wrote most of that midsection of the good ones, the really good ones before yeah. they get like a bit more. Like I mean, this sounds bawdy, but 
this was like it sounds like it was boshed off in a weekend with a six pack. But um <laughs> once you get into the seven was that? A party seven. Part- Probably, yeah, just dunking <laughs> his thing. Just a party seven in a straw. Um uh, <laughs> But yeah, once they get into the seventies and they get a bit more confessions of a window cleanery, he's not writing yeah. them by that point. Okay. But but the the golden era like camping and and whatever that's all Talbot Rothwell writing it. So and he wrote True. this. So and I always I think like it, the ones that were set on ships. They were always, always some of my favorites. cruising and yeah. Mm. Cruising is yeah. the one I saw in high def recently on TV, and you can really tell in the uh, the nuance of like seeing it in high def how much Sid and Kenneth Williams just fucking resent each other. Really? Yeah, it's where you just see them staring at each other and I took a picture of it on TV and sent it to my brother and was like, look at them fucking hate fucking each other, you know. Uh, fascinating. So, oh, and uh, the ghost of the OK, OK Joe was... Um, yeah. Was... Uh, uh, what's his fucking name? I always call him Gorf. Um, Charles Hawtrey. I didn't even have to look it up. It just popped into my head. Charles Hawtrey was Gorf. So. Yeah, another one you're talking about. Yeah, the, the kind of like almost Kenneth Williams one, but not as camp. Stave four, the last of the spirits, the phantom, slowly, gravely, silently approached. Again, like the previous two, uh, we 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 go to uh, a scene with, um, so so we go to characters and they are there are these familiar characters, different versions of these familiar characters, same actors um, playing the same same yeah. actors portraying them, um, and except this time it's in the future. Okay, and it's in the, it's in fact it's in the distant future, and there are versions of the previous characters in the scene. In fact, um, in in the first two, there 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 is uh, there are two actors, uh, famous double act. In fact, and and they're not in e- in the first they're not in either of the first two scenes together. Oh, I think I've just figured it out. Together. Okay, don't say it yet. <laughs> Fuck, I should have guessed that you'd go for this as well. God damn it, I could have had this earlier if I'd really thought about it. Carry on. I think you got it. No, 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 you you did carry on. Hmm? (laughs) I said, you said carry on, so I said, no, you did carry on. Three, four, God bless Mr. B at Christmas time and baby Jesus too. If we were little pigs, we'd sing. Crap. So, so yeah, we're in the future. And in fact, this is uh, assuming that you still haven't guessed it. These are the only versions of the characters that we're completely unfamiliar with. Yeah. In the previous two flashbacks, we're familiar with those versions of the characters, um, but we're not familiar with this future version of the characters because they've got to deal with the nibble pibblies or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck! I should have got this earlier. Fuck! Carry on. What is it? What is it? It is uh, uh, Blackadder's Christmas Carol or whatever the the version of it is. It's the- that's exactly what it's called. Yeah. Fuck, it's it's I, I still do the figgy, figgy, figgy pudding <laughs> joke to my brother every year, and he hates it. Figgy, 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 And it's not even the. It's what I do is a version of that melded with something else, where I go figgy, figgy, figgy pudding. Um, and it's <laughs> like not it. it, but yeah, shit. Okay, god damn it, I should have got this. I could have won this, folks. Shit, <laughs> you hadn't been so goddamn. Damn. Uh, you got, so, so the characters that I mentioned in the in uh, at the start, it's, Robbie Coltrane uh, is the he bursts. Robbie through, Coltrane he? Is, the, yeah. is the ghost, and that's why I said it's one ghost because he he's, he, yeah, he just shows up, and, oh, and I should have got that. And, 
and he's the present, past, and future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so for those who haven't seen this version, uh, the reason I was being so enigma enigmatic is because charismatic enigmatic enigma puzzle was because it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was it, it, it's flipped on its head when we when we meet Blackadder. As, as, he's a nice as, guy. He's a night. He's the nicest guy in London. And the two characters I mentioned who come to visit and then we see them later. It's Miriam Margulies and Jim Broadbent as, as uh, Queen Victoria and, and Prince Albert. Albert. And Albert is amazing. He is yeah, loving. He keeps giving stuff away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he was like like giving away what present he's gotten, and he is damn is his, his <laughs> thing that he does. It's wonderful. I love it. Um, yes, so it's flipped on its head. He's the nicest man in London. And again, that's why I was very evasive with the visitors, because yeah. unlike the visitors who are coming begging for charity, uh, they, I guess they are coming for charity, but they're expecting it. And and uh, before the first visitor arrives, uh, they have 17 pounds and one penny yeah. uh, in profits because he's so they, they've made lots of, in the year, but he's so charitable and he gives away so much that that's all they've got for the left over for the end of end of the year and uh the first visitor comes and um uh they give away something but then i think it's the second visitor comes and they give away he gives 17 pounds to the minutes the guy with the with the big fat orphans yes um, that was he's got such big fat orphans yeah <laughs> who all look the same they all look like I, I thought wow they're triplets and i looked it up and they're not they're not even related mm. one's from like bulgaria or something it's pretty oh, really? weird okay yeah but um so so he he gives away all his money, gives away all his presents, and then he gives away all his his uh, Christmas food. Mm. Um, and uh, initially, that's that's why. Uh, so uh, when Queen Victoria and Prince Albert visit, um, they're after that's the bait and switch I was talking about. So they 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 come in and they say, uh, you know, we're, we're visiting uh, the most generous person in all of London town. And then the switch is it's like the old lady next door, and they ask for money initially. And then they give they give her they give him the turkey, and the turkey's this tiny. It looks like yeah, a pigeon. Yeah, like this a tiny little tiny thing, little thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and 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 then the uh, the, the trick. This is more for the audience than for you because you know it. But the the, uh, the 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 trick in the the flashbacks is the first two flashbacks are flashbacks to um, the second series of Blackadder, which is in Elizabethan times. And so the character that I was t telling you about that was that uh, he's trying to trick Melchit because the queen's off Christmas and he's going to behead anyone who yeah, yeah. mentions Christmas. And he runs into Melchit in the, uh, as he's coming out of, of, of the court and, and tries to like t tell, tell him that, that she's off Christmas, but Melchit doesn't believe him. And then by the time that he gets in, she's back on Christmas. And so, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was kind of the double, double, triple cross. Um, but which had me so confused. I, have to admit, I was so oh, thrown. There was a point at which, I mean, if I hadn't have asked if it was going to be, uh, if it was a British TV thing, I was like, did Farscape or like Stargate <laughs> do a Christmas character? Because yeah. I was thinking yeah, you've got a like, chosen. small cast of people and they're playing multiple parts. And I could see Richard right. Dean Anderson doing a good Scrooge. Or, he did a great yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking um, like that, but you'd already said it was, uh, you know, and, and they did a, you know, they did a Grand Dog Day episode, which you kind of referenced, and you know, I remember true, true. I, oh, my well, short yeah. period of watching Stargate. I was thinking like, oh yeah, if they did like a gimmick comedy episode, you could have like visitations through the Stargate and different people and Michelle sure. past, and but then you said it was British, and I was just like, I'm lost, you know. So and I, they, yeah. they never did that. I, I wish I wish they had. That would have been great. <laughs> um, or terrible, but probably uh, terrible. You're probably terrible. But the, the second uh, 
the Ghost of Christmas Present, which is just another flashback, goes back to the third series of Blackadder, which is with the Prince Regent, who's Hugh Laurie, and that was the the two people. You know, Fry is Melchit, but he's not in he's not in that that third series. So, and Hugh Laurie is the is the voice is the narrator. That that's oh, who I do. Yeah, yeah. So it opens with Hugh Laurie. I do uh, remember na- narrating over over the carolers. Um, so, uh, and the bit that really made me laugh and my retelling of it probably won't be as good. So just go and watch it. If you're listening, um, is, uh, that they're trying to play charades and, uh, the game, uh, I think you'll find it's called the game, the game. To play the game. and, and Blackadder stands up and does it. And he does, he does the book thing and Baldrick sa- says, it's a book. And they think he, they think that the turn's over, and so he's trying exasperatedly to explain the, the how you play charades, and he puts his his two fingers in the air, and and, and so like it's it's actually two words is what it, what he means, but he, he says it's syllables. And oh, two silly balls. Two silly balls. I remember that. And then he says, and then he says syllables, and and then the the prince regent gives up, and he says, oh, I think it's going to be silly myself, and that just floored me last. Really? Time, because okay. he put silly instead of silly. <laughs> Um, but there's no, the other the other attempt at, at swindling, and that is that Baldrick is going to dress up like an old lady and come and steal stuff. But then it turns out they've actually let a real old lady in, and so uh, uh, then I think that scene ends with Blackadder going out to, <laughs> to to mug the lady and get the stuff that she got given back because uh, he's a he's a right rotter. But the the uh, the, the lesson, and then we go to the future. And it's the distant future, and it's all nibbly pibblies and yeah, and, and uh, there's that giant spinning at uh, CGI, not laser. CGI, but like yeah, super laser beam thing, so, which isn't yeah. in the wide shots for some reason because it must have been like a CSO effect. Maybe, so you yeah. can almost see like the the coloured backdrop of the set, and then in some shots it's there, and in some shots it's not. It's the same with the vision screens when they have things. Well, so there's a lot it, of it is. half finished effects. Uh, yes, and, and and they get around that actually quite well because when Evan Miranda Richardson's talking as the Queen, and then Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie are both in that scene as her triple husbandoid. Yeah, triple um, husbandoid. <laughs> it's very Blake Seven. Mm. Um, and uh, but, but whenever she's speaking, it's like a close up of her face on that screen that didn't have the laser on it. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, in the in the distant future, he's he's like Grand Supreme Commander Blackadder, and he's like a space army guy. And Baldrick shows up in a With in a leather a, pouch, a, a leather leather posing pouch. Um, uh, but then uh, it comes back to the present, and Blackadder's getting some ideas. He's uh, uh, the Blackadder of the present. The Scrooge Blackadder is getting the idea that actually being bad kind of pays off. So. Uh, every time they go to a vision, Robbie, Robbie Coltrane character, who is, I noticed in this rewatching, alarmingly like Hagrid in this. Actually, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Very yeah, big yeah, and hairy. Yeah, yeah, He's got a big he beard. He's got a Scottish accent, but still. Yeah. Um, every time he goes to a vis- vision, he kind of does the, the, the wiggly fingers thing and goes, woo. And, and so Blackadder, uh, Scrooge asks what would happen in the future if I was good. And if I, if I hadn't, if my ancestors hadn't been bad and, and he's like, oh, well, you, you, you don't want to see that. It's boring. And so Blackhead goes, ooh, and makes it happen. He's like, no, 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 stop it. Stop it. So it's kind of like <laughs> wall, wall, wall breaking. And they go to the future and they swap places. And Baldrick is the Supreme Commander and Blackhead is standing there in opposing patch. So he learns the opposite lesson. This is the the, the, the the flipped on the head nature of it. He learns the opposite lesson that that being bad will pay off. And so 
on Christmas morning, far from having been, being a, a transform. This is why I said I said a transformation has taken place and not he's gone from being bad to being good. At uh, the well start. done. I didn't even notice yeah. that. Well done. Well done. Uh, because he's, he's he's switched around and and now he's bad. And the 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 Queen Victoria and Prince Albert visit again, and Baldrick answers the door and and he's just gotten through with getting rid of all of the the people who'd visited him the night before, including Millicent, who is his, uh, his, his niece. He's got yes. the silly laugh. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Millicent. Yeah. And she shows up with, with her foppish husband and he steals all their money. And then the, the, the big fat orphans show up and, um, he like slams the door in their face and steals their Christmas pudding. Um, and I forget what he steals from, the uh and he shoves the, the the end end of the christmas pudding which is clearly like a piece of like foam like a tiny With, christmas pudding isn't it there's a tiny christmas pudding he shoves the holly end into baldrick's mouth yeah um baldrick is the bob Cratchit character obviously mm. uh but then queen victoria and prince albert show up and he's gone off to to sit and and count his money um that he's just stolen from millicent's fiance uh but then they show up and they they've rethought it and they're going to give him a uh a, a, like a uh title like he's gonna be baron blackadder oh, yeah. fifty thousand pounds or something like that like a, a huge fortune in the 19th century and he shows up and and insults them and uh calls the queen a big like battle or something like that and it's it's that that's pretty much how it ends yeah. but yeah shit <laughs> could have won this one folks i really could have done but never mind two in a row i'll, I'll get you yep. next year um next year. so would you like to hear the rest of mine i would love to hear because you said that the, <clears throat> the that's why i've kind of rushed through the whole thing so i really want to hear the christmas future thing um uh, just to so in the browning one it was frankie howard who was the guest star okay uh uh which is why you get the monologue because it's fucking frankie howard and he was you know oh. he just turns to camera and does it that's all up pompey was um and hattie jakes was elizabeth and again what? butterworth was the the father and things like that um so we come back and it's scrooge in bed sorry sorry, sorry to sidetrack you but frankie howard and uh uh pompey um it, it reminded me of i claudius and how we appropriated blimus from that and I had to explain that to someone the other day, and it didn't make any sense. Blimus is from Carry On Cleo. <laughs> is it really? It's okay, Sid James so I, and Carry On Cleo. Because he would like, say, like, blimey. And so Blimus. Blimus because of the thing, yeah. No, I, I, Claudius, would have been much more real than that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but, yeah, but Carry On Cleo is Blimus. Um, so I explained it wrong to the person I explained it to. <laughs> doesn't matter. Let it print the legend. Um Sorry, carry on. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so Scrooge is in bed and is woken again by um, the ghost of Christmas future, who is uh, a groovy hippie. Let's go, Scrooge, cool. baby. Let's let it all hang out, which for some reason was a giant laugh. The, okay. Just someone saying, let's let it all hang out was like riotous laughter from the audience. But it's Breslor as the ghost of Christmas past in like a uh, ghost of Christmas future in a wig and little John Lennon okay. glasses. And like, he's got like a pasted on mustache and he's wearing like a leather cowboy kind of jacket and stuff. And, and that vision, um, shows them Cinderella. Oh, okay. Who is, uh, Barbara Windsor again. Uh, and this whole thing is almost written in like rhyme. Mm. So it's, it makes pains to try and make lines rhyme. I'm not, I can't do them all, but that I always um the the first Barbara Windsor thing where she's monologuing to herself, um she's dusting up the kitchen. Uh, she's like always wearing the same old rags. Isn't life a bleeding drag? Which I thought might have been the line that would give it away for some reason. 
but mm. so I wrote that one down. Uh, and then the sisters bleeding might might have if I'd had enough yeah, context clues. Yeah, life a bleeding have. drag. Yeah. Um, the sisters appear and need their clothes. Um, they're uh, they are paid played by Butterworth and Terry Scott again, in proper pantomime dame fashion. Um, and then Scrooge arrives asking uh, for six months' rent or five months' rent that he hasn't been paid. And uh, and says that he'll take it out of Cinders, which is rapey as fuck. Barbara Windsor. Barbara Windsor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's all like, oh, he's trying to seduce her. And she rebuffs it because she says she loves Buttons. Okay. So, and then Buttons appears and uh, she it's tells... Just straight up pan- pantomime. It's gone full pantomime. I don't know how, like, the... The weird steps that have to be taken to, for someone to come up with the idea, like, okay, we'll do Frankenstein and Dracula in, in you know, in Seg One, and then we'll do Browning and Elizabeth in, you know, in step in Seg Two, and then we'll do fucking Cinders and Buttons, you know. But yeah, it's full blind pantomime. Um, Buttons shows up and she tells him. Uh, Buttons says he wants a piece of Scrooge as well. Buttons is Charles Hawtrey again. Um, so everyone's in love with Scrooge at this point for no apparent reason. <laughs> Um, uh, and then for some reason Buttons has the lamp and, uh, and says she needs a good fairy and, and then Cinders gives the lamp a good rub and there's probably a joke about rubbing a lamp um, I'm sure uh, and the good fairy appears which is Frankie Howard again with a, like a weird, he's in a silver dress and a, a big old like bouffant hair um, as the good fairy which they play on the fairy thing okay. and, but he turns around at several points and he's got like a weird prosthetic ass <laughs> for no reason for no reason other than it's funny that he's got this giant okay. like sticky outy triangle bum um, underneath the dress or underneath like, the dress the no underneath okay. the dress or at I least picturing like, it, like in a the same stuck on the outside no 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 it's more like a giant uh, like like a cardboard like a triangle <laughs> yeah that just sticks out the back of his Weird. dress so yeah I don't know it's very strange um, Where did you watch this, by the way? Was it like YouTube or? No, no. Pete has them on DVD because, <laughs> of course, he does. Of course, he does. Because <laughs> um, they went, he I went mean... through all the carry-ons a while back, and then he's found the DVDs of the ancillary rubbish. Um, right. uh, weirdly, I saw this years ago while I was house sitting for you on Christmas. Oh, really? After the sink. Yeah, and um, this was back in the days when ITV3 would show this kind of crap during the day. Sure. And I was watching some of it, and this is when I discovered that there was televisual carry-on. For the first time. Oh, sure. Was yeah, in I, like I had no idea. Oh five, oh six. How's that for you? Interesting. And I remember watching some of it and just being like, "This looks horrible" because it's all shot on Big two two inch or whatever. BBC. Yeah, like it's it's very ITV. Come on. ITV, um, sure, yeah, yeah. But it's all video, you know, like, and it yeah, looks yeah. like video, whereas the films look like We've films. Where you've got that like green burning when there's too bright a light and stuff. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot of that, a lot yeah. of a lot of bleeding edges and. And things, and uh, and also it has those little. Um, do you remember in the upper corner up here, there would be those uh, little the, three lines. Yep, I do. That, mm-hmm. When it would go to an advert break, when it was go, going to ads. Yeah, 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 and those are because Which, of, I, I can only imagine. Like, you probably know the history of that. Is 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 that was that to show like the to tell the local ITV stations it's about to happen? Get I would guess ready? it's some kind of count. Okay. Um, and I, yeah. I remember it going away for years, and then I remember it, like it almost seems like like it popped back up at one point. In the in the mid two thousands, even into the digital era era, which unless I'm misremembering, it probably did. I remember it being there in the nineties. Still, 
I mean, it evolved yeah. from being the, but it was still up here and it was still da, 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 da. Um, the black and white wheelie lines. Yeah. yeah. So that that's and that's must be baked in at this point to the one inch master tapes or whatever, because I guess those would be the playouts and you'd need that up there to signal the stations to do whatever the fuck. Sure. And um, so that's all in there. Um, awesome. And uh, uh, there was no way this was done live because the amount of character switches. Sure. But it yeah. must have been yeah, done. In front of an audience because of the laugh track. Right. Yeah, so, so probably taped over a day or two. Possibly. With... I would think there was probably just breaks. Um, okay. But the, uh, cause, well, the maybe, in between. maybe they did enough costume changes to make this work. Cause, but I, I, I just don't see it, really. Like It looks like there has to have been gaps just to get everyone in costume and out. Sure. I don't think you'd, you'd manage to do this even live to tape without significant gaps. Because That's of, when Roy Chubby Brown comes out and entertains the audience. Everybody is a load of racist shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, what was it? So Scrooge then reappears and tries to drag okay. Cinders away, but the fairy casts the spell to stop Scrooge, who, who then goes after Scrooge herself. So the okay. fairy, Frankie... Everyone powered, wants Scrooge. Everyone wants Scrooge because it's Sid, and Sid was all man. He's like a British Shatner. Um... <laughs> It's terrible. Um, (laughs) uh, Then Scrooge wakes up in the bed and pleads he'll change his ways because essentially Frankie Howard, as a fairy, tried to rape him. Uh, And he runs out into the street to give all his money away from his chamber pot because he's got all his money in his chamber pot. He wants to give it all away and he runs up to a woman. He offers her... His chamber of commerce. He runs into the, and he's given a woman. He's like, "Take the, take the money. Put, put your hand in my pot, kind of thing." And then uh, Bernard Breslau comes out as a policeman and arrests Scrooge for doing that, and is marched off. And we end as Scrooge walks off into the distance, trying to explain to the policeman that he's changed his ways because of Silver Fairy tried to rape him. Because, because there's nothing like a case of the not gays to turn you to shift your character around. I suppose so. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. <laughs> you know, um, it's like Die Hard's full of those moments. Actually, the the moments that reassure you that Bruce Willis is definitely not gay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's really weirdly full of them. Um, but oh. yeah, so that's how it ends. That's how my one ends. And then the roll credits and you know the kind of music starts. That sounds like a fascinating version. I mean, I, yeah, I can see why you said now that. You may never watch it again because it does sound like uh, uh, base, bawdy nonsense, but a truly fascinating piece of history. Yes, yeah. The fact that they somehow decided that cannibalizing their own industry at, at this point, 1969, was a good thing. So early. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think it would be like late 70s and, and you know, when people are starting to die and, and or don't want to be associated anymore or hate each other, you know, that would be when they'd, they'd make the leap to TV. Because yeah. um, didn't they try and do like a, a revival of that in the 80s with like Julian Clary and stuff? Uh, 93, they did Carry On Columbus. That's uh, Karen Columbus. 92, okay. rather. Sorry, it was Karen Columbus. Okay. Um, okay. And that's uh, what Ju- that's Julian Clary's. Julian right? Clary, Rick Mail, the sort oh, of Ben wow. Outen crowd, you know, like you get a few, whoever's still around sort of brings it in. Lexi Sale was in it. Um, those sort of people kind of coming in as a kind of like, we're going to restart it. It's like, but it's weirdly like, I think if that had only come a couple of years later when like Britpop was a thing and you could have had Blur mm-hmm. do music for it, I think you could have kind of, oh, yeah. you could have got away with that, but it's just a smidge too early for like cool right. Britannia type stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, the 1969 Carry On films were Carry On Camping and Carry On Again, Doctor. 
So it really is at the height. Really is. Um, that by that point they've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen films. Holy crap! How many are there in total? Oh, twenty something. Hey, minute, let me. Wow. I'm gonna say twenty. 28, 29, depends what you want to carry, uh, what you want to uh, count, count, because uh, there's That's Carry On, which is the clip one, mm. but was theatrically released. Um, they, also, they also did a TV show of that shit where there was clips, um, and then Carry On Columbus, which I'm not going to count as the original no. as the original bunch. Um, but yeah, was for a while... No one from the originals was in that, right? In Columbus? Jim Dale yeah. played Columbus. Oh, did he? Okay. Um, before he went your way and started uh, reading Harry Potter, Potter yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, weird that is that, that like because everyone's like, oh, Jim Dale, like, and and uh, they all kind of like everyone talks about him like he's this, you know, RSC Shakespearean type kind of like you should watch some of this carry on shit. That he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's not what you think. He pop is. Singer, he's a fine actor, but he was a pop singer. Yeah, when he when he first he really? up, I think he was like a Cliff Richard knockoff. Oh wow! Okay, and he only shows up the first one he's in, isn't he? Like he's someone's husband in a random scene of Carry On Cabbie. I think I would put my money on his in being his first one, and he's like Valerie Leon or someone's husband. Okay. In the, in the cab, and she has a. Am I remembering this right? I want to hear this version, even if you're not. I, she's basically. I think the, the the thing is that they think they're having the kid and they go to hospital and they come back and it turns out she's not and they go back again. And so one of the stories in Carry On Cabbie is just them going back and forth to hospital in the cab not having the kid. Ring us a vague bell. And then I think somehow at the end of it something else happens and he suddenly had the kid and they're all like, ha, 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 you know. Okay. And then, so that's the first one he's in and then spying, he's a... Uh, uh, joint co-lead in. What year was Cleo? Cleo sixty four. Oh wow! Okay. So you you're already quite a lot in because you have those early ones that aren't. They're like more like Ealing comedies, and then it's, yes, it's yeah. really black and white ones. Yeah, well, and well, there's yeah, there's a couple of black and white ones, and then then weirdly they did spying in in black and white out of choice. Okay. So they've already made the move. They've already done Carry On Jack was in colour, which was one of the ones on the boat. It was the historical one. Um, and then they go black back to black and white for uh, Carry On Spying, spying. the, the next year. And then Cleo is the most sumptuous one, I think, because they inherited all the sets from Cleopatra that was mm -hmm. shooting in London and then moved, but they left all the sets, so they just like, ah, okay, we can use that. Is that why it all looks so good? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, they, they inherited a lot of stuff. When Elizabeth... Uh, Taylor got a cold and decided she wanted to go and film in Italy. The production <laughs> had to rebuild all their sets. Um, wow. Then Cowboy and Screaming, and then you've got the weird period where there's two, which you can or can't count, depending on how you want to believe it, which uh, are when the carry-on name was under dispute. Oh, interesting. Because the studio kind of, the brand changed hands, and, you know, whereas kind we like think of the Casino now, Royale situation with Bond. A little bit, yeah. More, yeah, like a creative team. Like there was dispute over who owned the carry-on name, and one, I think Anglo-American or whoever was had been bought by someone else, but whoever was left was going to like, oh, we can produce carry-on films because we own the name, and then the other guys were going to do it, so they own the name, and then that's where like Rank Film comes into it, like the Rank organization okay. becomes a thing which ultimately owns them all. But uh, you get Don't Lose Your Head and Follow That Camel, which are from the carry-on 
thing, but they're not. They don't have carry on in the title apart the from like later on video. It was carry on fold that camel, which made no sense, and carry on don't lose your head, which made no sense. But <laughs> they're essentially like in keeping. But then you're back with carry on doctor. You're very much back to the traditional. You know, okay, we're everyone understands what this is, and we're going to do it. So cool. A brief history of the carry on films. Fabulous. When I, when I like discovered the carry on films and they were kind of you know bright and silly and uh, and for, for like a ten year old kid there were it was just silly bawdy jokes I guess more slapsticky than anything was the appeal. Hmm. Um, uh, my dad absolutely hated carry on the carry on stuff. I remember you saying this before. And I wonder if it's because that might have been his predominant memory of it, uh, and and it, it that was kind of like the I don't know. Dinner ladies, and that's, that's better. The two pints of lager and a packet of crisps thing to us, to yeah. him. Um, and so he had that, everything was colored with that uh, as a result, even though there's a, there are some pretty good films in the, those early to mid days, the, the, that golden era that you, you mentioned. Um, it's interesting how that can kind of color your perspective on things. I mean, I, I, pure speculation, and, uh, but I, I do wonder if that's that's what caused it. I mean, it's something to rebel against, isn't it? Especially yeah, when it, it seems so like mainstream ITV of your parents' generation. I can imagine my my nan and granddad laughing at it and yeah. being a rebellious uh, teenager and hating it. I could I so, could understand that, and now it's just weirdly part of culture that seems kind of a bit right. at the edges, you know. Whether yeah. you agree with that's army's kind of similar. Yeah, he hated Dad's Army, and I, I really liked Dad's Army when I was a kid. More charming, Dad's Army's. Well, no, they're all charming, but you can yeah. you can recommend Dad's Army to a wider crowd than possibly Certainly. could a Carry On film. That's that's a really good point, and and it actually brings me to something I I, I was going to speak about, but but uh, didn't want to interrupt. How big of an audience did these films ever have outside of? the uk because to me they feel like an oddly british thing and i don't know whether they had any transatlantic success or um you know like how uh, they was joking in in the simpsons about how jerry lewis films always play well in france um i want I, I i don't know how well these will have translated just because they're so steeped in in cultural reference not not in a in a, in a kind of like black adder type type way where it's modern sensibilities uh, with with a in a historical context, but that there, there's there's a cultural element to the Carry On films. I feel that is 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 fairly typically British. I don't know the seaside comedy type thing almost. I think in a the slightly more unevolved television marketplace that the the sixties and stuff presented, they mm. might have travelled more than you think. In the same way, at oh. one point we could almost hold our own with American TV production. And then yeah. it's really only in the seventies and beyond where it like it really ramps up and we can't like TV yeah. here ends up being quite small and TV over there just is massive and explodes. Mm-hmm. It could be done, but I actually I don't know is the truth of it. Um, I think I remember reading something about one of them playing well in the states, but I like I could see it. I, can't I could think see of almost more. I could see almost more of those those earlier Ealing comedy type version mm. of it rather than the kind of like getting into the seaside postcard humor later ones where it's you know it's all sid james and barbara winter's boobs popping out yeah i could kind of i could kind of sid james's boobs were always popping out (laughs) i could i could see like the the black and white even more like kind of um will hay style type things playing a bit more but i don't know i could be wrong about that i'm 
it, it just it, I think I think you could probably mention the term carry on to lots of people here and they wouldn't know what you're talking about. Whereas yeah, I think if you yeah. went into this, I think at least our generation and older, uh, most people would probably know it in the UK. But then there, there are things the other way around, but that's the same. I think um, in a way they would have been cheap enough that they didn't have to travel. Certainly, yeah. Um, if they didn't have to, and the the audience back here, even though they, you know, it would have been pennies to go to the cinema, would have been big enough that, you know, at that point there would have been enough people still going to the cinemas and things like that to to have made that money back, and then being able to sell it to television or, or whatever. Um, yeah, it, that it wouldn't have really mattered that it uh, um, didn't travel or that it didn't have American distribution or that that wouldn't have necessarily been anything more than an extra to their business model. Mm. Funnily enough, actually, somewhere in this giant pile of shit in his house, I have a book that Beth found on um, in an old bookshop and it was about the decline of cinema audiences. Interesting. But it was written in 1959. Oh my goodness, really? So, wow. yeah, it's the first, like, advent of television. It's going to kill cinema. And it has, literally has charts of, like, household expenditure on cinema in categories from people earning less than £15 a month to people earning £200 a month and how much households are spending on cinema going and things like that. Wow. Like, it's, I haven't read it cover to cover yet, but it's, there are, just flicking through it, there is some fascinating stuff to unpack in there. Um uh, that that is interesting because I and I imagine it wasn't uh, you know falsely prophetic in any, any way because I remember as a kid um, when we would drive around uh, you know like to and from different places in Birmingham uh, there were lots of gala bingo halls mm. and they were all old like Gaumont cinemas or, yeah Worcester's or, one is yeah. right exactly so they they were all old and so there were hundreds of them around and in my mind you know a, a cinema was it was the Odeon in, on New Street in Birmingham or uh, the Arcadian which was brand new and 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 so it was it, there were far fewer of them on the ground and I get I, I imagine with the fact that there was no home entertainment outside of the wireless uh, that, that that probably came to fruition and, and was probably fairly accurate. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think people have been, ever since TV first came along in like the thirties, almost like, sure. I think people have been declaring the death of cinema in some form or fashion. Sure. And it's never died, but it's, it's never quite it's, died. It's been, no, you know, I mean, in theory, I think at this point we've had increasing year on year cinema attendance, uh, attendance to something like 2004. Wow, like it's actually been going up uh, by the numbers, and it's so that's kind of interesting. But now we get into more event-style films, like you know, if you get an Avengers Endgame or a bloody Lord of the yeah. Rings or whatever the fuck, like it is gonna, it's gonna draw. But that's it's attraction-based cinema. But like at one point, I remember somewhere, and it was when we uh, worked together years ago. Someone brought in a newspaper from the sixties, and the first thing I did was flick through it and find the cinema listings. Oh, interesting. And it showed what all the cinemas were showing. And at that point, there were maybe five cinemas in, in Worcester. And uh, one was an arcade at that point. One was a bingo hall. The other one was the Northwick, which is the building I love, which is now a furniture showroom, but might have still been a gig venue back then. Uh, the Odeon. Um, and I forget what the other one was. But they all had their little a gimmick, really. You know, the Odeon would have been one screen. The What's now a Shipley's would have been uh, one screen. The Gaumont. Uh, Northwick 
And they were all showing different things. Like one was showing romance pictures. One was showing like the robe or something, you know, big Hollywood. Yeah, the other one yeah. was showing like Gorgon, the sea monster. And you're just like, right, okay. <laughs> different flea pits, different audiences, different gimmicks. You could go and see a different film for a penny each night or whatever. But they were all very much, you know, a different it style w- of film. Sure. It wasn't like the Odeon and the whatever Vue is now. Is it still Vue? It's still Vue, yeah. Um, where they're showing the same the same films yeah. it was they all had their own their own kind of gimmick that's fascinating i didn't know that, that was that was how how it went down back then yeah i would think it all breaks down and, and some of them would have been owned by i mean gomont was a filmmaker as well so um uh yeah it would have all some of it would have been based on what pardon me what that particular distribution chain was making whether it was making the horror pictures or the bullshit but one of those would have been the one showing the carry-ons mm-hmm so I don't know which one. I would love to know, actually. We've wandered wildly off topic. Uh, we have, and we've we've gone almost two hours. So. Have we? Uh, any last uh, carry-on, not carry-on, any last Christmas Carol thoughts? I, I want to watch more versions of it now. I, I feel like, I, I, in, in retrospect, I haven't watched very many versions of it. Um, I, I'd really want to re- re-watch Muppets Christmas Carol, because yeah, you're I right, would, that, is, that is an excellent version. I would recommend that. I'm seeing it on Saturday myself. Um, the Neil Gaiman reading at the New York Public Library from a couple of years ago is, is absolutely fantastic, and if I haven't cut chunks into it, I will close out with a bit from it. Um, uh, well, this, this, this is a good omen that you will. Oh, shit. It's a Gaiman gag. Gaiman gag. Gaiman gag. I love it. I think it's I think it's one if not one of my favorite books then it's one of the best works of human fiction. Simple as that. Agreed. Um and uh, the fact that we managed to pick such amazing bastardizations of it both of us comedy versions yeah. from BBC or not BBC but from British television is um I think we we did quite well here. I agree. And, and I, I was actually, I was genuinely worried when I was watching it yesterday because I actually wanted to watch that and the Zemeckis version. Okay. But I, I, I couldn't find the Zemeckis version. I, I, you'd think it'd be on Disney Plus. You go, it, it's listed on Disney Plus, but when you go to the screen, it says, due to contractual obligations, this will not be here until Christmas of 2020. Oh, so, shit. Do they, so they, do they list everything they own on Disney Plus, but they just like. I've only seen that one, but my okay. guess is they must, uh, or, or or at least things that they think people are going to be interested in seeing on their platform. So it's like come back later and yeah. watch it on the Coming one true soon, platform. Coming soon when we haven't sold it off to whoever the fuck. And I think it was sold to Prime, but I, I tried to find a version of it, and, and I think it was only available for sale and not rental. Okay. And and it was like nine ninety nine or something. So I was like, I'm not quite sure I want to do that. I don't know whether I want to own it. Um. But I, the way I watched, I actually watched the a Blackadder one was um, I, the, there is a version of it on YouTube, but it is it's it's pushed in worse than any Simpsons episode you've ever seen, and right. it is the it's it's like a looks like a twelfth generation VHS. Um, so I didn't I, I watched merely seconds of that when I and then I went back to Prime and paid one ninety nine to own it. Oh nice, Prime, that's so. pretty good. That's, you could do so this. I'm I'm happy with that little Christmas present to myself for this. So, um, it, and it was it, it looks as good as it can on that because I think it's just you know SD TV really. Yeah, it's fucking. Uh, it's never gonna look one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it, it looks it looks perfectly fine. Sounds sounds all right, and it's good. It's good stuff. Excellent. I'd highly recommend it. anyone who hasn't seen it. I would highly recommend they they watch it because Blackadder is is bloody wonderful. Yeah, I actually have somewhere in this garage. I have a box set of uh, the complete Blackadder that I bought. Um, from a charity shop for like a couple of quid 
Oh, great. And, um, DVDs? DVDs. Uh, when oh. I thought, uh, when I first was planning to set up this garage as a kind of SD watchback thing. Um, so I might dig that out and, and actually watch that one myself because it's been a long yeah. while. I remember it quite fondly, but I, there's chunks of it I don't recall at all. Uh, the nibble, I had nibble Pibblies, I remember that. Yeah, I, I, and uh, Hugh Laurie does an American accent in that. Oh, he does. And it's his uh, house accent that would come later as well. It's not quite, but it's 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 it's, it's, it's more... Hello, yeah, it's, it's less kind of down here and it's more kind of all over the place yeah. like this um, but, yeah yes yeah yeah um i i had completely forgotten it existed until it was it was for it was available for free on prime a few years ago or netflix if they had blackadder at one point I think but did. it was available for free on one of the streaming services at one point and i was like i'd forgotten about that and watched it and loved it and that was probably five or six years ago now and so it immediately leapt to mind as I was going. It was going to be my second one after watching the Zemeckis one. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I think it's turned out pretty well. I, I think we would have gone much longer if I'd had to describe the Zemeckis one. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm sure that no one will be able to watch the uh, my one, so I'm not going to tell you to. Where would you Where would you find it? Yeah. Uh, I doubt it's on anything really. I'm Brit- going to check Just Watch. Britbox is does Britbox exist over there yet? They might it certainly be on does. Yeah. Oh, does it? Okay. I wondered about that. I was going to ask you about that. Um, I I actually had assumed that it didn't exist over there. I thought it was uh, maybe something targeted specifically to Americans. It is. It, they are doing a very big push on it here right now. Bus stop ads and and all sorts of tube ads. Uh, so it's called Carry On Christmas, right? Carry On Christmas. There's several ones. It's 1969's one. They did four Christmas specials. Is it not? Christ. Well, that's a shock. It's on DVD, though, because my brother somehow has the DVD of it. So it must be in the Carlton or ITV or whoever archives. Yeah. So you can probably get that DVD from Amazon for probably more money than it should be. Probably. Like like when I tried to find uh, the Oh, Mr. Porter uh, DVD, the Will Haste of that uh, one is Carlton ones, and it was uh, far, far more expensive than I was willing to pay. So I think it was out of print by that point. And then I have a version of it now that, that I guess someone else must have got the rights to it because it's not a Carlton one. Okay. I think a lot of that, I think the old Carlton Seagram library got swallowed into Canal Plus at some point. So That sounds right, yeah. Probably in there. But I know ITV weirdly own a lot of their stuff as well. And hey, a minute, Let me have a look in the old video box here. Um, I cannot see the logo on the side of that. But yeah, it, on Amazon in the UK right now, that will cost you five ninety nine. Oh, thank you. So for all four of the Christmas specials from the 69 to the early 70s before they did the actual wow. TV show. Um, and I'm sure no one will be showing that this Christmas. Um, uh, but uh, I'm sure Blackadder's, as per the last couple of years, Blackadder's Christmas Carol will be on it sometime that is inconvenient to me and that I realised later and didn't set the thing to record. But it's fine because that goddamn box set's in here somewhere. <laughs> and I will find it and I will watch it. Look for Christmas okay. Carol, folks. It's great. It is. It's fantastic. Enjoy it. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but his own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived in that respect upon the total abstinence principle. 
ever afterwards. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge, may that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Uh, we yes. got a little lost in the weeds at the end. That's yeah, good. which I'm fine with. But that's fine. I will rein it into. I will try and rein it into maybe an hour and a half. I think. I think I can yeah. chop that down. I for think it. you can do it.